We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. we gonna see him soon. You feel me? You know, I could I couldn't play a different intro today. We had to play the we had to play the champagne intro. Oh man! Welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads podcast, uh, part of Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Ribeiro here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, our our long nightmare has finally ended, only for us to sleep for three seconds before having another nightmare. How how were you feeling? Yeah, I mean, the suffering has concluded in one way, and now we have to hear yet another offseason. Is Sean McVay going to retire? And I'm certain that the Aaron Donald retirement is going to come up as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I haven't thought about the Aaron Donald retirement. Uh you know, because I, I'm sorry, I just saw a tweet where Alaric Jackson is laying out his opinion for what the offensive line should look like next year. Did you Wait, see what? this? Interesting. What? <laughs> this is I, so I, I am going on Twitter right now. He, I'm just going to read this tweet because it just caught me so off guard. He tweeted. The season has come to an end, so let's do some talking. Obviously, this year didn't go the way we wanted it to go, but in reality, we have enough in our room to get the job done and don't need to add any more pieces. I do think the O-line needs some reshuffling, so here are my thoughts. First scenario, left to right, Noteboom, Jackson, Allen, Ankrum, Havenstein, backups, Coleman, Shelton, Ty Neshke, Chandler Brewer, and Matt Scora with Ode, Abushi, AJ Akiri, and Max Pritcher in the hunt gives us flexibility in tackle, guard, and center. Scenario two, left to right, Jackson, Ankrum, Allen, Shelton, Havenstein, backups, Joe Noteboom, Chandler Brewer, Matt Skura, and Ty Neshke with guys in the hunt. Gives us flexibility at tackle and guard, but a liability at center somewhat. Um, <laughs> overall, we have the pieces, but we, we need to make the room complete, and there also needs to restructuring of deals. This isn't a shot at anyone. I love each individual in that room like a brother, but I strive for greatness. I want to get back on top as well as valuing each individual properly. Thanks for listening to my off-season thoughts. All questions, comments, concerns, welcome. Uh, and he's actually engaging with everybody who's responding to this tweet. Uh, <laughs> this is... Um, just not something I expected to see when I logged on to Twitter today. Yeah, that that is very interesting, and that's gonna be a uh, hot take for sure. Um, yeah, uh, if he thinks that there doesn't need to be any work done to the offensive line, 
I'd like a little bit of what he's smoking because that clearly that was one of the biggest reasons why the offense just didn't click at all this year. Well, he is trying to politely, for whatever reason, on Twitter, um, say, and I think he said this in an interview too, he's basically saying he should be the left tackle. Um, but there is some money invested in Joseph Noteboom. And so that might not be a possibility. I I mean I suppose they to be fair let, let's let's be let's actually take this seriously for a second to be fair I do think that Alaric Jackson did perform really well for a guy that stepped up from being a backup and I don't think there's any question about that I I think he stepped up and at times during the year he was the best offensive lineman the Rams had uh, so I do think that in a way you could consider him as a potential starter. Now, whether or not you consider him as a left tackle, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't oppose the idea. I mean, maybe you do shift some of the offensive linemen around, but, um, the likelihood of that's that happening, I think is probably close to nil. Yeah, this, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We should get him on the pod. He's tweeting at everybody. I, I would love to have Alec Jackson on the pod. I think he would be an amazing guest. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, I I don't think he's saying anything disrespectful in these tweets. Um, This is just 2023 where players can just do this. And it's just not something you see very often. A guy like fantasy booking his all an offensive line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now's the time to start. I mean, the season's over, so why not? Why not get into this type of discussion? <laughs> yeah, I I think I love it. Um, but interesting, saying he saying he's healing up. So hopefully he comes back from those blood clots. Uh, which all indications are that he will. Okay. Well, the first of uh, many insane things that we're going to talk about on this podcast, I think we're obviously going to get to the coaches in a little bit. I think we should start a little with this game this week. What was it? 1916. We lost to the, the Seahawks. Um, so... I think I needed this game, Johnny, because I was just reminded that how much I fucking hate the Seahawks. I haven't felt this much disdain for the Seahawks in a long time. I don't think since the Fisher days have I like maybe maybe actually maybe since we blew them out in Seattle McVay's first year. I think this was this is the most I've hated this team since since that game. I just like, oh, my God, they're so bad. How are they nine and eight? You know, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of amazing that this team kind of squeaked their way into the playoffs, and I'm so pissed that the Rams couldn't overcome <laughs> this this win. I mean, especially because not only would it knocked the Seahawks out of the playoffs, but our boy Jared Goff could have been to the playoffs at the same time. Ah. <sighs> disappointing i know it was tough that uh uh, that that rough that roughing the punter was was such bullshit um robert rochelle almost downing the ball on the last drive and then tripping i mean it was just uh and and then the the jalen ramsey penalty you know i get why they called it but for the ref to be standing in front of DK Metcalf as he shoves his fingers into Jalen Ramsey's face mask and not throw a flag is just just bonkers to me. And like a lot of people are saying the NFL was fixing this game. The best thing for the NFL would have been for the Seahawks to lose this game. So like this is just bad officiating. There's no con- grand conspiracy theory here. I think the Lions going to the playoffs is a much better story for the league than the Seahawks going to the playoffs. Um, but yeah, God, it was uh, 
made me start complaining about officiating again. And I haven't done that really since, you know, since the play. No, I mean, it, it was warranted because <laughs> I've never quite seen such bad calls since the uh, Nikhil Roby Coleman call. So it, it, it was, it was funny though. I, I give props to Jalen Ramsey for that, you know, that kind of in, intentional flop that he did it. DK Metcalf, I was like, damn. He knew he wasn't going to get the call anyway, so he's like, might as well, might as well show them how stupid they are. Yeah, the flop was crazy, but even if there was no flop, like the ref was watching it. It wasn't like it like flew under the radar. It didn't. It didn't, and that's why he flopped because he knew he wasn't going to get the call anyway. So he's like, well, might as well make you look stupid. And like, I I know that probably shouldn't have been called on Ramsey, but. He did lower his shoulder into Geno Smith, even though he's just standing there. Like, Geno flopped a little bit, too. You got to have a little more awareness. It doesn't really matter. He had a great game. He, he's not his fault we lost this game. Not at all. And uh, a really, really remarkable top-to-bottom performance from the defense in this game. I mean, they were incredible. If if the passing game had any juice whatsoever, the Rams should would have won this game by double digits. Digits? I don't know what I just said. It, it it's kind of uh, it's kind of interesting though, because when you when you really look at the game, it felt like the Rams' offense had at least a little life in them, uh, as opposed to you know previous games that they've played in. But for whatever reason, in this game, they couldn't score. They couldn't advance the ball. Uh, beyond you know their side of the field, it's it's like when they were like kind of you know approaching the Seahawks side of the field. It was like they just completely fell apart. You know, bad decisions at play calling, some terrible fucking decisions by by uh, Baker Mayfield, and just wide receivers not catching the football. It's like I, I don't know. It was like a force field, anti football force field. On the Seahawks side of the field, it was kind of impressive. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. It was tough, and and I mean they got free, they got a free field goal on on the first drive of the game. So, so, um, but goddamn, dude, defense was awesome in this game. That yes, to to get that 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 goal line stand, um, where the Seahawks ended up tying the game after everything that happened on that on that drive is. It's honestly like unbelievable. That was uh that that was a hell of hell of an effort by them all around. Yeah, I I I think that uh we finally were seeing the Jalen Ramsey we all were hoping to see the entire season uh in yeah. that game. But and uh Jalen Ramsey know. and Leonard Floyd um decided to show up at the end of the year. So, you know, at least, at least we saw them for a little bit. I know I know Floyd was injury related. Man, though, I can't wait to get, you know, some of our uh, you know, premium players back like Aaron Donald, like Cooper Cup because boy, we missed them. Yeah, it and I think we'll do a lot like we'll do a lot more full breaking down the season wrap up type of stuff, but just at a at a glance, this is the worst season the Rams have had since 2016. What what did we go five and five and twelve? Yep, um, nah. one and seven on the road. Jesus Christ! <laughs> at least at least they had a a better record at home. Who did who did we beat on the road? I was gonna say the Raiders, but I forgot that was technically a home game. Uh, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't I mean the fact that we lost one game to him is kind of embarrassing enough. Yeah. That, yeah, it's bad. Um <laughs> Yeah, so just a really, you know, m- maybe the most disappointing Rams season ever. Um 2002-2011 come to mind, but uh I think this is worse than 2011 cuz we're coming off a Super Bowl probably worse in 2002 as well um 
yeah, man, I don't know. It's, you know, I would have loved to see this team look what they would have looked like healthy, but there was a lot of fundamental problems with this team. And I don't know. It's hard to really grade it because the offensive line was such a disaster, primarily due to injuries, but also for, you know, guys not stepping up performing. Um, Twitter advocate, Alaric Jackson aside, who actually did have a good year. It's, yeah, I don't know. I, it would have been really interesting to see how this team looked healthy. And I, I wonder how many games they would have won. It, it is a, it, it is difficult to um, really know what we have going into 2023 because so much of this team, particularly on the offensive side of the football is coming back. Um, there's very few guys that are um, there are very few guys that are in uh, you know contract years, and really only one that comes to mind on the offensive side of the ball, and that's David Edwards. Yeah, there's a lot on defense, though. Yes, yes, there is. Uh, some of which will be easy. Uh, or should be an easy decision, um, but there will there are a couple hard ones for sure. I, I I think so, but when you like, it's just obviously like when you are losing guys like, let's say like David Long, Taylor Rapp, Trey Hill, Ashawn Robinson, if they're gone, um, you know guys that like, you're not losing sleep that they're gone, but. One thing we've learned, and I think kind of learned a lot over the last couple of years, is when you lose players, you do have to replace them. And, like, we've tried to replace players leaving out of thin air, and it just it kind of hasn't worked. And so, like, good on Taylor Rapp for having the best game of the season this week as well. Like, I, I still don't think they should bring him back. Nick, Nick Scott's a free agent too. You know, hypothetically, if both those guys leave – if they get overpaid, you know, you're not going to be upset if like Nick Scott gets a three year, $30 million contract from someone. You're like, okay, well, what are you going to do? But get to fill the roles and we're going to have limited funds and limited picks and we're going to need to do something with them. And that's something that should not be trading them for a head coach. Uh, but we're going to need to fill <laughs> positions when you lose guys like that, even if they're not, you know, world beating players. Cough foreshadowing. Uh, yeah, I I think uh, I think on the defensive side of the ball, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be real interesting. We could have a very very different defensive team, uh, you know. Which, as it was, it was a different look going into the twenty twenty two season. So now this could be a very different twenty twenty three. I mean, yes, you're going to still have your core guys. You're, uh, theoretically, you're, you're going to have your core guys in Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and Bobby Wagner. Uh, so that's good. But they need help, too. I mean, these guys are amazing players. But, you know, as we've seen, you know, injuries happen. And you can't just rely on these guys to do everything. Because if something happens to them there's got to be someone that steps up and you know, losing a guy like David long, you're probably not going to lose sleep over, but maybe a guy like Troy Hill who didn't have the greatest season of his career this year. But again, who do you replace him with? I, I like Kobe Durant. I like um, Darian Kendrick. I like them both a lot, but can you really honestly feel comfortable going into the 2023 season as you know, one of these guys stepping up to be the starter, I have a question mark there. You know, I, I do think that these guys can eventually do that, but I don't know if 2023 is the year. And again, cap space isn't, you know, isn't plentiful. So, you know, Hill could be a guy that we could bring back on a, on a much more affordable contract it's better than, you know, just kind of saying, okay, guys, uh, you, you've had a year to progress. Uh, 
time, time to show you uh, show us what you've learned. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and in terms of salary space, you can, and I'm sure they will, you can get a good amount of space if you restructure Aaron Donald, Jam Ramsey, Cooper Cup, uh, even Leonard Floyd. But then there's guys that you could add more space if you restructure, like Al Robinson and Joe Noteboom. And it's like, is that worth it? Do you really want to restructure those guys? Because restructuring it, as, as Lesson you said before, it's just kicking the can away and dealing with it later. Um, and so it works for those big-name guys that you know are going to be here. And you're not going to have a problem paying in a couple of years. But, like, do we really want to restructure Joe Noteboom? Do we really want to restructure Allen Robinson? Like, Nope. No, you don't. Um, and to your point on, on, like, the defensive backs of Troy Hill and all that, we encountered that problem the last time we got rid of Troy Hill. In that, like, you weren't really losing sleep that Troy Hill was gone, but they really could have fucking used Troy Hill that year when the guys who replaced him weren't really up to snuff. I do think, I do think we've seen enough from Kobe Durant to trot him out there as one of our three cornerbacks and just roll with the lumps that you're going to get. The problem is, you know, if it's Jalen Ramsey and Kobe Durant, I don't even know who the third guy is, uh, assuming that Troy Hill's gone. Yeah, I mean, if if Kobe Durant is is going to be, you know, the, the nickel, um, I, I think that's fine. You know, because that's ultimately why he was drafted in the first place. Uh, he he was thought to compete with David Long, which I don't know if there was really much competition there. Uh, but beyond that, I I don't know. Uh, and then, of course, big question marks at safety. I mean, wow. Uh, Taylor Rapp, I am totally fine with them walking away from him. No uh, fucking way he's back. No way. I, I I would love to say that, Steve, but I, you know, he could be an affordable guy. Yeah, he could be yeah. essentially a body that you put in there uh, until, you know, maybe a guy like uh, Russ Yeast or, or Quentin Lake steps up and becomes that starter. Uh, but, I, you know, based on what we've seen of Russ Yeast, and we really hadn't seen enough of a sample – of Quentin Lake, I, I don't think I'd be comfortable with either one of these guys uh, being named the starter uh, next season. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, they have historically been able to fill those positions, or at least safety, uh, even more so than cornerback. I think cornerback, they're going to they're gonna have to add somebody through free agency or with a good pick. That cornerback will be in the mix at 37 i think if they stay with that pick um all right we've been went way too long without diving into this coaching stuff so you know we'll we'll circle back to all that offseason stuff later okay so the sean mcveigh news cycle over the last couple of days last week really has been insane um the first report came out what thursday thursday or friday um even was it one of those where the um it, Adam Schefter basically said that it wouldn't surprise people if he retired and 
a lot of people online sorry uh a lot of people online were you know kind of writing this off as like a non-story which was fucking crazy to me that like people were like nah they does this every year it's like if this wasn't a story Adam Schefter wouldn't be tweeting it out, you know? Like, he's not just, like, stirring the pot. He wrote a fucking news release about it. Uh, and then it, it heats up over the next couple of days, literally to the point where Sean McVay says is noncommittal about coming back publicly. Um, he has he's said, and everyone is aware, that he's going to take a couple of days and figure this out. Uh, this is not a—this is definitely a story. Um He's told his coaching staff because he hasn't decided what he wants to do. If they're going to look for other jobs, he, they're not going to get blocked. And it seems like the consensus right now is that people don't know what he's going to do, but no, people will not be surprised if he leaves. So, like, wh- how, how are you feeling about this, Johnny? This is this is an absolute fucking nightmare. It's not ideal, of course. But for me personally, I don't think that Sean McVay is done coaching for the Rams just yet I I think that he's close and I think that he will be close to done soon but my thoughts is I don't think that Sean McVay is the type of guy that can leave a team in disarray like this I I think that it just leaves a, a terrible mark on his on his coaching career and while he has mentioned that he won't be done coaching, I just find it really hard to believe that Sean McVay would leave in such an awful note. Just the feeling I got personally. I I agree, but like we don't really know the answer, you know? Like no. we've never been in this situation. I think um you know, 2019, while it is a, a rough season, they still won nine games. And, you know, he had a team that could compete for a Super Bowl, so he's going to come back. But then he won the Super Bowl, and then he has a truly disastrous year. Um, do I think he's the type of guy who would ever go out after a season like this? No. But we don't know that. And I think ultimately, like, people are saying – it would tarnish his legacy if he left after the season. No fucking wouldn't. Like it wouldn't <laughs> at all. <laughs> and he can still coach later. Like he he can retire now. Um, people are saying that the jobs that were available to him in the broadcasting booth last season aren't there anymore. That doesn't matter. He could get a job in a broadcasting booth easily. People will make room for him, and he could come back later. So I, I, I do, I, I think today, yeah, I think he is, I, I would lean, I, I still personally think he would come back because I think we're both on the same page. Him retiring after this season would be wild, like for the type of competitor he is. I feel like it would eat him up inside, but we don't know what he's going through in his personal life. A lot of people have been talking about uh, his wife is Ukrainian and obviously that's a lot to deal with. Her, her family's over there. And it's uh, being a head coach takes a toll. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, there's there's clearly a lot of truth to this. But I, I, I hope that he announces he's coming back. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I think that um, due to the type of competitor he is, I, I think that's going to be the reason why that this isn't going to be an easy decision for him and maybe the reason why he ends up staying with the team. However, um, there there is a lot of truth to Sean McVay wanting to be more, more involved, uh, have a more involved family. And, um, you know, he, he's talked about starting his own family and everything like that, uh, which, you know, that's something you got to do when you're younger. And, uh you know, it'll it'll get to that point where he can uh, go back to coaching. But, yeah, there are there are a ton of options for Sean McVay. If you don't think Sean McVay has options, you, you need to you need to wake up because this guy, if, if I guarantee you the minute that he says, oh, OK, I'm done coaching, that there will be all kinds of broadcasting networks 
that are going to be reaching out to him for any type of, of media job. And yeah. he'll get it. If Amazon could get him, they would pay Kirk Herbstreit to sit at home. Like, there's <laughs> no doubt in my mind. Yeah, no question. Which begs the question, Steve, the question that we've all been waiting for. Do you know what it is? What is it? Who do you replace Sean McVay with should he retire? Not Sean Payton. <laughs> I mean, I, look. <laughs> look. Put it, putting putting my putting the bit aside here. Uh in all seriousness, Sean Payton is obviously a good coach. Do I genuinely think he's one of the most overrated coaches in the history of professional sports? Yes. But that doesn't mean he's not a good coach. That doesn't mean that if McVeigh retires, he might actually be the best coach available to us. But if the Saints are actually looking to inquire a first-round pick to let this guy go coach another team, you cannot do that under any fucking circumstances. This is not, you know, this team, do I think they could compete for a Super Bowl next year? Yes. Do I think there's a chance that they win five games next year? Yes. Uh, and to give up a first-round pick for a fucking coach um, when you have the question marks that we have is just absolutely preposterous. And I, Denver, you know, like, they're kind of in a bind. They have to do something uh, because they don't have picks for a while. They're locked into Russell Wilson. They have to salvage that situation. And if they ultimately think Sean Payton's the guy to do it, then he's the guy to do it. I just think our situation is not as complicated, and there are other coaches that you can get without giving up picks. If you're going to trade that pick, go get a player and put it into your win-now roster. You know what I mean? You've had so much success with that in the past. Uh, and we have our pick next year. You know, you should either be putting those picks into players that you're trading for or hold on to that pick in case things go south next year and you can make that pick. Um, and if things go south next year, you might want to take a quarterback with that pick. I just, like, you know, <laughs> I will I will shit on Sean Payton all day. He's the only NFL coach, head coach, to ever be suspended for more than one game. Don't bring that stink into my building, even though – Technically, we already have, but that was St. Louis. Um, just trade, trading a first-round pick for a coach that's not Bill Belichick it, 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 or Andy Reid is insane. And he's not on that level. He's never been on that level. I don't know why people put him on that pedestal. Steve has spoken. That's it. That's it. <laughs> no, I mean, me personally... I was never a huge Sean Payton fan myself. I don't know if I have the same, uh, oh, how to say, displeasure that Steve has of, of Sean Payton. But I will say this, that no coach other than, you know, the two that were mentioned, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, which that would they wouldn't, neither team would do anyway, um, is worth the first round pick. No coach. And that being said, I'm not doing that for Sean Payton. There are other options available that, in my opinion, while is not proven, still intrigues me a lot more than Sean Payton anyway. Just yeah. saying. I'd, I'd rather have Raheem Morris than Sean Payton in a first. Or I'd rather have Raheem Morris in our first round pick than Sean Payton and not have our pick. Don't know if I like the idea of Raheem Morris as being our head coach, but I, I like our first round pick still. Yeah. I, well, I, I wonder, you know, cause if McVay leaves, yeah, we're, this is, is this the most attractive job on the market? Um, I got to look up what positions are open, but I probably, right. It would be one of them for sure. Because, I mean, you know, yeah, you got your picks back. You, you'd have to think that Cliff Kingsbury is the latest firing here. We'd out have there 
that would love to have the opportunity of coaching one of the best defensive players of this generation and Aaron Donald. They'd love an opportunity to coach Jalen Ramsey. They'd love an opportunity to have the offensive weapons of uh, Cooper Cup. And then, of course, the returning Matthew Stafford. I, I think that there is a lot of coaches out there that would love to coach this team. It's just a matter of which coach do you go with? Looking at the, the openings around the league, it's Carolina, Arizona, Indianapolis, Denver, Houston. I think we are definitely number one. You know, I think Houston is intriguing, but they just fired two coaches in a row after one season. You know, that's got to leave some stink there. <laughs> um, and that's kind of a blank slate. That's a place you go to where, you know, you're not going to compete this year. But you've got time to build, you know, build a, a team, you know, build your guys. If if you're someone who's like Sean Payton who wants control of the situation, that's where you want to go. Although they're not giving up a first round pick for him because who the fuck would do that? Um, it, so I, who are your guys? Who, who are the guys that intrigue you right now? Uh, by far, for me, the answer is simple. It's got to be D'Amico Ryan's. Defensive yeah, coordinator great. from the San Francisco 49ers. I love great. that idea. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He's, he's getting a job. You know, I'd be crazy if he doesn't get a job. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so Steve, I, I have to ask you now, though, is that, is that your pick? Also, or do you have somebody else in mind? I well, I, if we lose McVeigh, I want them to. I want Stan Kroenke to get in his Brinks truck, drive up to Ann Arbor, go to Jim Jim Harbaugh's house, just back as much money in his lawn as he possibly can fit. Uh, would be my my suggestion personally. I think D'Amico Ryan's my is the best coach out there, but I almost think you. I kind of think you might want to go with an offensive coach, but I don't know who it would be, you know, besides Harbaugh, the defensive coaches, the defense coordinators on the market right now are just like, I think better, better coaching prospects for sure. Yeah. I, if you, if the Rams were to, uh, were able to snag away D'Amico Ryan's, the next question would be, who's your offensive coordinator? Because at that point, you, you need an offensive-minded coordinator, and, and more than likely that that coordinator would take responsibility and lead the lead the offense. Uh, so that that is a very good point. And uh, do you hire internally? Do you promote? Um, do you promote somebody from within? Do you uh, look elsewhere? Uh, because. Steve, we don't have an offensive coordinator anymore. Uh, yeah, it's a bummer. Liam Cohen can't be our next head coach, dude. <laughs> what a what a travesty! He in his first year as offensive coordinator, we saw one of the most high powered, efficient Rams offenses we've ever seen. So just devastating that he's going back to Kentucky to take the same job he already had. That's got to be one of the most bizarre you know, career fluctuations I've ever seen, you know, going from going from a position from the Rams to going to Kentucky and as, as an offensive coordinator, getting hired back to the Rams as, as uh, the same position only to go back again to Kentucky for that same position. It's like, what does that really tell you about your career so far? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's I, so bizarre for me. I think Thomas Brown could be in the mix as the offensive coordinator. 
Uh, I'd our, love him as an offensive coordinator, to be honest. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, dare I say? Could it be in Please the mix? Don't. Please don't say that. I I will almost guarantee you this. If Sean McVay is back next year, Cliff Kingsbury will be our offensive coordinator. Yeah, you know, I was going to ask that myself. I was prepared to ask that question. And honestly, it, it's it kind of scares me. But at the same time, I would I wouldn't mind him as much as an offensive coordinator as opposed to a head coach. Because holy crap, no, I would not no. want to see him as a head coach. Uh, I agree, and I, I think the NFL is going to agree with you there too. I think, um, yeah, if McVeigh is back, I wouldn't mind him as our offensive coordinator at all, uh, because you're still you're still in McVeigh's sandbox, and it, you know Cliff Kingsbury is not a complete moron. Um, he will have some good ideas, and I think would be a good addition to McVeigh's staff. I'm a little warier. If we bring in like a D'Amico Ryans and give Cliff Kingsbury full control over the offense, that scares me a little bit more. Um, yes. But I mean, like Thomas Brown, you you look at the McVay offensive minds that have become head coaches, Matt LaFleur, Zach Taylor, and Kevin O'Connell, they're all doing great. So doesn't give me any pause to promote the guy in house. And I wonder if they'd look at him as a head coach too. Eh, I would hope not. It's tough, but we shit all over Matt LaFleur, Zach Taylor and Kevin O'Connell when they were hired. Actually, I don't think we did with O'Connell because I think we basically said, well, we shit on the last two guys. I don't really know how we can shit on this when, They've had rousing successes at all their stops. I mean, O'Connell made sense to me. Uh, it, I, I will say, I, I did with Zach Taylor and and Lafleur. Who, I, I mean, you, you could probably make a, an argument about Lafleur at this point. Yeah, the house is falling down around him a little bit, but uh, it's hard. It's hard to knock both of them as being either of them is not being successful, even though LaFleur is leaving some stuff on the table. So Steve, I got to ask, um, maybe the Rams, if Sean McVay does indeed leave, maybe the Rams target one of Zach Taylor's coaching trees. <laughs> that um, would be so funny. Do you think that the Rams pursue Brian Callahan? Is he, is he the Bengals' offensive coordinator? That is correct. It's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, he's there. <laughs> Personally, I don't know if I'd want to go after Callahan. I think I'd like the idea of D'Amico Ryans or, I mean, Harbaugh would be amazing, but I don't think the Rams can lure him out of Michigan. Ben Johnson out of Detroit. Offensive coordinator there? If there was any offensive coordinator that the Rams pursue in the NFL at the moment, I guess I would be okay with Ben Johnson. Wouldn't be overly thrilled. But you can't deny what Johnson has done to turn around the Lions. And, you know, because I think we all kind of expected the Lions to improve. But, I mean, this was a team that was a Rams win away from making the playoffs. And I don't think any of us anticipated the Lions making the playoffs this year. No, and I mean, Jared Goff was broken. And he's having the second best year of his career, arguably the best. I I would still put 2018 over it, but even last year in his first year in Detroit, Goff did not look good. And he looks fucking great, man. He's playing out of his mind. And you got to give some credit to the coaching there. That's that's very true. I I would I'd totally be up for putting in Johnson as as a as a head coach. If um, I, again, my first choice would still be D'Amico Ryan's, but uh, if that didn't work out, I'd I'd be okay with the Rams pursuing Ben Johnson. Yeah, D'Amico's going to get hired, and I wonder how quickly he's going to get hired. 
very, very quickly. And I think that's why Sean McVay also uh, made the comment that he's going to make a decision in a timely manner because I think he realizes that the Rams don't have a lot of time. They need they need to make a decision quickly here. But it's it's interesting too. Like um, you like NFL.com. I'm looking at the article of the openings. They have the like you can see who teams are have, are interviewing. And you know, me maybe I, I'm clearly wrong. I would think in my head Carolina would make sense to bring in a guy like D'Amico Ryan's. All of the coaches they're interviewing are offensive coaches. Jim Caldwell, Ken Dorsey, Ben Johnson, Mike Kafka, Frank Reich, Steve Steichen, and I don't remember if Steve Wilkes is an offensive coach or not, but obviously he's their interim coach, so he's getting an interview. Maybe because they realize that their defense is trash as it is, that they don't need a defensive-minded coach. (laughs) Colts are interviewing some defensive coaches. They're doing a little both. Uh, Broncos are mostly defensive coaches, plus Sean Payton and Harbaugh. Um, Texans are a little bit of both. I'm D'Amico Ryan's to the Texans just makes too much sense, dude. I I think that's where he's going to end up. Maybe he'll keep an eye on our job if it opens up, but that just, that just seems it. That's too good of a fit not to happen. Right. I I mean, it is, but at the same time, they they did my boy, Lovey Smith dirty, man. He probably got fired for winning the last game of the year. It's like, you don't seem to understand what we're doing here at the Texans organization. We're a, we're an organization that loses. We need that number one overall pick so that we can continue to have something to talk about. Listen, listen, man. We it's It's hard to sit here and say they should have thrown the game on purpose. But think about where the Jets would be today if they got the number one pick that year versus where they are right now when they had the number two pick in that draft and had to get Zach Wilson instead of Trevor Lawrence. That's very true. That's very true. And it's like the the Bears aren't going to take a quarterback. I, I would be surprised if they did. But, like, you might have to trade up with them. You might have to move up a pick to get your guy because somebody's moving up to that pick. Uh, maybe. I, I mean, maybe. that That's that's entirely true. Uh, I, I mean, in a way, the Bears kind of won the lottery here. <laughs> yeah, man. They absolutely did. Uh, because if you want a quarterback, you know the te- – the te- I mean – the Texans not taking one would be insane. Absolutely shocking. And you you have to move up if you want your guy. How are you going to diss Davis Mills, though, man? <laughs> I think... <laughs> honestly, with all... I, I, it's kind of, it's, I think it's silly to have fired both Dave Culley and Lobby Smith, given what they walked into in Houston... The guy did bench Davis Mills for Kyle Allen. Oof. Which is like, Davis Mills is playing awful, but it's like he's never seen Kyle Allen play. I think we know. I think the jury's out there. Or <laughs> like, or the jury's in. Like, the verdict has come in. Yeah, at this point, it's been, uh, it's abundantly clear, that's for sure. You think Raheem Morris gets a job? He's interviewing for a couple. I think he does get a job this year. I do. Um, where he lands, that's a big question. I I guess um, I, I do think he's going to be someone that's hired later. Um, definitely won't be the one of the first coaches taken, but uh, <laughs> maybe maybe it would do the the Panthers some good to to look at Raheem Morris. Yeah, they're they're not one of the teams interviewing. I think it's just right now Denver and um, Indy. Indy, Indy uh, would be Indy would make a little sense. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, I I do hope that uh, 
that he does end up finding some somewhere because he's a good guy. I do think he deserves an opportunity. Uh, I just hope that he isn't the Rams head coach, not to be mean, wow. but <laughs> just keeping it real. I don't know. I, I, it could be worse. There are worse options out there than Raheem Morris. I would definitely rather have Raheem Morris than trading for Sean Payton. Yes, no question. Like, yeah, God. I, I just like Johnny. I, I can't. I can't do it if they hire him. I, I, I genuinely don't know what I'm going to do. I, I cannot watch a Sean Payton coach Rams team. I was just like, I was at the bar the other night after the Titans game, uh, a couple beers deep, just like sitting there like, I can't watch Sean Payton coach the Rams. I, I, I don't have that in me. And then pretty soon they're going to bring back Jared Cook and yes, <laughs> Jared Cook to his staff. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh man, that I mean, Steve Steve would probably burn his Rams jerseys. They they add Austin Davis to the staff and fire him after two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that that would be the ultimate. That that's like they're trying to piss off Steve at that point. Oh God, I, I can't. Austin Davis, man, like this is. McVay can McVay needs to coach one more year so that we could we could not have this be an option. Just let him go to Denver. <laughs> not not so that we can have Sean McVay potentially take us to the Super Bowl. Just so that's, that that's the Rams don't pick up Sean Payton. I can't do it. I, I can't do it. <laughs> you know, there is a potential worse option for me personally. Let's hear it. Pete Carroll. I, I, you know, well, I guess that's bad for you, but for me, it is. He just, he just play like gave one of the biggest middle fingers of a season I've ever seen. Like, yeah, he, then he did, he did do that. What a like incredible! Like what the fact that he got a Pro Bowl season out of Geno Smith and all that capital for Russell Wilson. Did you see Geno Smith set the single season passing yards record for the Seahawks? Like just (laughs) unbelievable stuff. Like it's insane that this is a real season. It it is very surreal. Uh, I just, I I can't have, I can't have Pete Carroll as, as the Rams head coach. It would be like the worst day of my life. Well, that is, I mean, that is definitely not happening. So I, no, no, it's not, and I'm okay with that. I I think you're safe there. Uh, hey, we did get a question for you, Johnny, from uh our listener Jason Tyra asked for your thoughts on Charbonnet. Ah, Zach Charbonnet. Now, for those of you who don't know who Zach Charbonnet is, he is the UCLA running back um, that's coming into the 2023 NFL draft. Love the guy. Personally, I think that this guy is going to be a fantastic running back. Um, certainly, I think is at the moment anyway, things happen uh, between now and, and draft day. You know, stocks rise, stocks fall. But from what I've seen from Zach Charbonnet, I think this is a, a guy that could be a really good player for a team and certainly somebody that the Rams could pick up very easily with their second or third round pick. Um I, I absolutely love the guy. The question, though, becomes, should the Rams pursue a running back at this point? I do think that it wouldn't be a terrible idea. But at the same time, Cam Akers just pulled a complete 360 in the last few games of the season. I mean, for the past two games, at least, he is pretty much the only thing we're talking about on the Rams offense. No, yeah, literally. It's yeah. it's tough to say today. You know, we have to we have to see what they do in free agency and see what the holes are because you know, if they have the same needs at offensive line and at edge rusher and at cornerback and even at safety, 
it it's hard to justify a running back at 37 or even you know un- unless none have been taken at that point and if you could get the top running back on the board at 37 which i don't see happening in this draft but has happened before um in, in the new world of running backs then yeah i i get that because you're ultimately taking the best player at a position and an important position but yeah you know acres has done enough to where I'm uh, I'm of the school of if they still have major holes to fill and you like prospects at that pick at 37 you should do it. If if Charbonnet's there in the 3rd round, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Um but I think there's a lot of they're going to have to make decisions and they can't they can't afford like I don't mean to keep dragging Tutu out through the mud. He he actually had a pretty decent year all things considered. You you can't make swings like that in this at 37 where you're taking a guy who's a complete reach at a position you don't really need. Um, running back is more of a need, but like if the top four running backs are gone, when you get to 37, you should not be taking the fifth running back. Uh, you should be looking at other positions. And then you also have to take into account, uh, Kieran Williams. It was a guy that the Rams just drafted. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say we don't need to take into account Kieran Williams. I mean, you kind of do because what else are you going to do with them? They sent Cam Akers home. They cut Daryl Henderson and they still did not give Kieran Williams the ball. And we all thought that was direction it was going. And, you know, you're not going to cut the guy, but I don't think – if if you if you if they feel good about their running back room being Cam Akers, Karen Williams, and then you know another body like Malcolm Brown, <laughs> sure, I mean, that's fine as long as you make smart moves elsewhere. I don't think Kieran Williams' existence should affect what you do at the position. I'm just saying though, if the Rams are at least somewhat interested in a running back, um, and Zach Charbonnet is available in the third round. You absolutely take the guy. This is a true running back. Like he he's he's amazing. Like Steve, I don't know if you've seen any any of the UCLA games this year, but I I implore you to to go and uh you know take a look at some of his highlights. Dude's a baller. I I I love I love watching him at UCLA. Wouldn't mind him seeing seeing him in a in a Rams jersey next year. Just saying. I'm just saying. Pro Football Focus has got him as the third prospect right now behind Blake Corum and uh, Bijan Robinson from Texas. So I don't think he will be there in the third round. Um, I don't either. Because I haven't watched a ton of him playing, but I, I the fact that I recognize the name means that he's probably pretty good. Um, it, but you could trade up into the second round if, if he falls. And I don't – I. I think it just depends on what else happens. And yeah, I think <laughs> it's kind of counterintuitive to everything I've been saying about Tutu, but if this is your guy and you're not in on Cam Akers being a full-time feature back, which are you? Because I, I don't think I am. I'm not I'm not out on the idea. And if we go into 2023 as him as a start, our starting running back, as long as the money and the picks was spent wisely, I'm not going to be upset about it. But I'm not a hundred percent buying him being the guy we drafted him to be because while he has played well, these have been some cupcake run defenses that he's been playing well against. That's also true, yes. Uh, but at the same time, um, I don't see maybe I don't I don't see him as a as a guy that we want to completely depend on. Uh, going into the 2023 season, but you know maybe it wasn't such a bad approach having a running back one B uh, behind him, kind of like what we were supposed to be doing with Daryl Williams, which obviously that didn't pan out in and of itself. So um, I, I'd definitely be open to bringing in an, uh, another guy, uh, whether it be Charbonnet or you know anybody else, but. Uh, it does beg the question, do you go 
out and reach uh, for another, you know, running back? Uh, do you potentially trade up into the first round to get the top guy? You know, obviously being Robinson in this case. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. That's 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 going to be a big question going into the off season. Uh, and also keeping in mind that this is far from the biggest need that the Rams have going into the 2023 offseason. Yeah, and there like there are guy if if Acres is your if you're fine with Acres as your starter, um there are guys that you can get in free agency for probably not that much money. Like I don't know how much money Kareem Hunt's going to get. Um I don't know how much money like David Montgomery's going to get. But even even if you go past that point, like if you're confident in if you're confident in Cam Akers, you can go just sign like Jamal Williams or Rashad Penny if if their teams let them go. I don't I don't see a world where Detroit lets go of Jamal Williams until he retires. But um, guys like that, even to like a much lesser extent, even than them, like Dante Foreman. Um, man, some of these guys suck. <laughs> I was gonna say like Latavius Murray, uh, Jeff Wilson is fine. Um, there are playable guys out there. Uh, but like I think we've seen enough from Acres where they don't need to pay Josh Jacobs, if if that was an option that was available. You're digging deep there, aren't you, there, Steve? <laughs> if uh, if they could find a way to get Saquon here. I don't care about oh, luxury man, I... signings. Just, just fucking do it. I'll eat my words later if I have to. <laughs> but I, I would no love way. it, man. After all the like, they've taken a lot of reasonable slack for drafting a running back at two. Um, but like, he's there. He is the player they drafted him to be. You can't. You they, they'll keep him. They'll franchise him if they have to, but I bet they give him a give him a nice deal. Um. All right. Well, that's it. Any any upsets you're picking this week? Ooh. Um. I I don't think so. I I feel like they're. I mean, anything, any given Sunday, right? Or potentially Saturday this time around. Uh, but I, I, I'd i be hesitant to pick a, an upset over these matchups. You you got an upset in you? No, no. Uh, I made a five-team parlay of San Francisco, Buffalo, Minnesota, Cincinnati, and Dallas, and I feel pretty confident it's going to hit. I think Tampa Bay is the obvious they could pull off an upset, but I don't know, man. I think they're bad, and I think the Cowboys are good. I mean, I'd love, I'd love to see the Bucks upset the Cowboys, but it, it, I, I doubt it happens. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I don't see a universe where the Giants upset the Vikings. Although it is Kirk Cousins, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> if if I had to pick one. And not counting Jacksonville Chargers because it's probably the most toss-up game here, even though I, I feel pretty good the Chargers are going to win. Baltimore, if Lamar Jackson plays, would be my upset pick. Not that I think it's going to happen, but if I had to pick one. I mean, it wouldn't be... If Lamar Jackson especially plays, I don't know if that would be an upset upset. It definitely would. Cincinnati is much better at this point. Even if Lamar Jackson plays, though? Yeah, I think so. Okay. That offense is uh, not a lot of hitters. Uh, those uh, That receiving course is tough. It's almost as if you're trying to tell me that Hollywood Brown would have made a difference at this point. <laughs> well, I don't think they, they expected Bateman to not be a factor. <laughs> uh, he's been injured. So, I mean, when he's healthy, he also hasn't really been a factor, but he's been injured almost the entire year. Just saying, you know, Hollywood Brown probably would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely <laughs> would have. <sighs> All right. Well, 
It's going to be a long off season. What's today's January 10th? Jesus Christ. We have a lot of time before free agency. <laughs> the exact opposite problem we had last off season. Yeah. All right. Well, follow us on Twitter at Supervero at Johnny five, not six at talk Rams. We'll talk to you guys next week. Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. We gonna see him soon. You feel me? Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.